I thought that was it. because I'm lazy. Good afternoon everyone. I think everybody's getting to their seats now. Uh, so we want to uh, welcome everyone to this uh, service of installation here in Ballycrogan. Uh, everyone who's travelled, uh, you're more than welcome uh, to join us. And we welcome Mark and Elaine and his family. And we pray that it'll be a significant day for both them and for, for the church family as well. My name's John McConaughey, I am the uh, moderator of the Arch Presbytery for this year, and uh, that's uh, the reason I, I, I'm, I'm here. Uh, so we'll continue through the service, I'll try and guide you through it as best I can. Uh, and the first thing we want to do is uh, uh, bring ourselves before God in our call to worship. Uh, we read in Psalm 33, verses 4 and 5, that for the word of the Lord is right and true, he is faithful in all he does. The Lord loves righteousness and justice, and the earth is full of his unfailing love. And then later on, in verses 20 and 22, we read this. We wait in hope for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. In him our hearts rejoice, for we trust in his holy name. And may your unfailing love be with us, Lord, even as we put our hope in you. We're all going to uh, sing together, and our first piece of praise is uh, Be Still for the Presence of the Lord, the Holy One is here. Uh, so let's all stand to sing.
Let's uh, bring ourselves before God in prayer. Uh, So let's take time to pray. Loving God, we thank you for the for the privilege it is to meet together. Uh, We thank you for all that we receive at times like this. Uh, We thank you for the support, the encouragement, and the inspiration that comes from you and through sharing fellowship with one another. We thank you for what we experience together. We thank you how we experience your love and your mercy and your grace and your forgiveness. Father, we don't only meet to conduct business, but we come now to acknowledge your calling on Mark's life. We thank you how he has accepted to follow you and and now serve you as a minister in this place. And Lord, we thank you for the support and obedience of Elaine and and his family. And Father, we pray you will continue just to bless them. Lord, be with us all now as we celebrate this, and may it be a significant time for Mark and his family, and the whole church family here in Ballycroggan. Inspire us from your word, and encourage us in your service. Open our hearts to you and to one another. Give us a willingness to trust in you and a readiness to listen and understand. And also an openness of mind and spirit. Father, may we be conscious conscious of your presence. Lord, may we be aware of you being with us as we worship you. As we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Reverend Craig Jackson is now going to uh, bring us God's. Uh, the first reading this afternoon is from First Peter two, chapter four, chapter First Peter two, chapter verses four to ten. Excuse me. Uh, Peter writes to a church that is in need of the living hope of Jesus, and he wants to remind them of that hope, but also remind them of the duties entailed in grasping the riches that are offered in Jesus. And that's all in a world that is increasingly hostile to Christ and his church. So this then is what it says in 1 Peter 2. This is God's word. As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house, to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in Scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Now to you who believe this stone is precious, But to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone and a stone that causes people to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's 
special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Uh, Thank you, Craig, for reading for us. Good afternoon, folks. Good to see you and to be with you. Uh, My name is Christoph Ebbinghaus. I'm the minister at Hamilton Road Presbyterian Church. But it's not my first time to be here at Ballycrocken. A few years ago, as he came towards the end of his ministry, Doug invited me here to uh, meet with some of the elders. So I, I got to know some of the elders at that time. Uh, And then, more recently than that, uh, Leslie Ann invited me here for a a weekend uh, to come and be with you. I I didn't check in my calendar exactly when that was, but it wasn't so very long ago. Uh, So it's lovely to be back here with you today uh, and to be enjoying fellowship with you. Uh, I thought before I spoke I'd tell you about something that happened. The last thing that happened to me before I left the house, the strap on my watch broke and the watch fell off. Now, how would you interpret that? <laughs> if you're going to speak to a group of people, they're, they're thinking, we don't want people going on and on all afternoon, but, but your watch just falls off. It's, it's like the Lord said, Christoph, don't worry about time. <laughs> just, have I got that right? I, I don't know. Um, no, I have been given some guidelines in terms of how long I should be speaking, so, so don't be nervous. Folks, it's a big moment here this afternoon in the life of Ballycrocken. It's a big moment, Mark, for you and for your family here. Um, it, it's, a, it's a moment, actually, were, were those two moments, the, the big moment for, for Mark and his family, the big moment for the church family here, they come together. I think a minister and a church is a partnership more than we often give it credit for. A good ministry is never the product just of a, a good minister or of a good church. It's, it's when a partnership is forged that we can expect a good ministry. So something very important is happening here today, for everyone, a new partnership being forged. Together, Mark and the congregation here are going to be trying to work out how to, how to be a church, how to do church in Ballycrocken in 2022. Now, I, the good news is I'm here to help. All right? The church says I'm supposed to help. That's how Presbyterian churches do gatherings like this. The Code of the Presbyterian Church in Ireland says, in its own inimitable way, that an appropriate sermon or an address or statement dealing with the principles of the church, its ministry and government shall be delivered at a service of installation of a minister. That's what it says. So... I'm supposed to help the congregation by delivering an address or a sermon on the church. And I've only got a very few minutes to do it, so I'd better get moving. I'm going to suggest that 
to know what we're to do or how we're to conduct ourselves, we need to know who we are. What are we? What is a church anyway? The passage which Craig read for us a moment ago, I chose that because I wanted to focus on just a couple of those verses. Verses 9 and 10 of 1 Peter chapter 2. Peter tells us there that we're a people. No matter how often we hear this, no matter how many years and decades you've been aware of this, we're still a wee bit resistant to actually picking it up. If you ask people around here, where is Ballycrocken Presbyterian Church? They'll point to this building. But it's, it's not a building. It's not our programs. It's not our minister. It's not our staff team. It's the people. So the people here, we're Ballycrocken Presbyterian Church. It's not an ordinary people. Peter says, once you were not a people, but now you're the people of God. So it's a people that's it's somehow been drawn together. They once weren't together, but now they are. The longer I've been around churches, the more I've realized it's, it's crazy what we try to do when we form churches. Because what we do is we bring together people who have nothing in common. Nobody else in society that I know of tries to do this. We bring together the old and the young. We bring together men and women. We bring together richer and poor, people who are into T-Rex or Taylor Swift. We try to bring them all together and bring them all under one roof. And we have nothing in common. Nothing in common except the God whom we worship. Peter elaborates a little bit on a common experience that we all share that allows us to have God in common. He says, once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. When did we receive mercy, Peter? What what are you talking about? When, When Jesus Christ died on the cross? In our place, for our sins, so that we might be forgiven, so that we could be brought back to God. This common experience of God's mercy is the one thing that we have in common. We're a people with only Jesus in common. Folks, if we remember that, it might save us a lot of heartache in our church life about how different this person is than me or, or, or why that person is behaving the way they do. We, we don't have very much in common. Not, not, not those superficial things. We have only one thing in common, Jesus Christ. But in him we have everything. Peter goes on. He, he tells us that we're a people who have Christ in common But we're not just any old people. Verse 9, he says you're a chosen people. I want you to sit with that word chosen for just a moment. Do you remember the feeling of being chosen? I I think it still haunts me. You know, the playground when boys were picking football teams. Everybody lined up against the wall, two captains, and they worked their way through the list, called out the names, and... You know, it's not great when you're the, the last guy. 
So, so to be chosen for the sports team, to be chosen by a boyfriend or a girlfriend, uh, to be chosen when you're shortlisted for a job, you'll know what it is to be chosen. And, and conversely, many of us know what it is not to be chosen and the pain that goes with that. I want, I want you to, to think of that for a moment Let this truth of this verse fall heavy on you. If you're in Christ, you're chosen. You, yes, you, chosen. And Peter doesn't stop there. He he goes on. He calls us God's special possession. God, God loves you. And he loves you, the people here in Ballycrocken, he loves you together. Our English doesn't give us a, a plural of you, does it? So I have to say usins. He loves usins. Just so that you know who I'm talking about. Thankfully in Northern Irish we have a more elaborate vocabulary than, than the English so we can get over these issues. There's no one else like you in all of creation. You've been chosen. Isn't it just wonderful? Isn't it great to be the church of Jesus Christ? Peter goes on to tell us a little bit about why we've been chosen, what God's purpose in that might have been. And he uses some language that, that unless you're very churchy or bible it, it might not mean much to you straight off. Let's have a quick look. Verse 9, he says that we're chosen to be a priesthood, a chosen priesthood and a royal nation. What what does that even mean? What what does a priest do? Well, the truth is, in any culture that has priests, the function of a priest is always broadly the same. The priest's job is to represent God to the people, maybe to to bring messages from the God to the people, to bring the word of God to the people. So a priest brings brings God to the people. But a priest also brings the people to God. The priest offers sacrifices on their behalf. The priest burns incense. The priest offers prayers. So that's always the case. That's just what priests do. So whenever Peter says to these people, you're you're priests, he's saying simply this. You're to bring God to the people and bring the people to God. So folks, you're the priests God has here in Ballycrocken. You're the priestly presence. You're the people who bring God to this part of Bangor. And you're the people who help the people here to find their way to the living God. You're priests. This came home to me. It comes in fresh ways all the time, but it came home to me just this week. I was coming back to work after a few days off. Got an email from a member of our church. I wasn't in church last Sunday. But he told me of a father and son who'd appeared at our church last Sunday evening. Desperate, 
the son had been behaving in suicidal ways. They'd been driving around Bangor looking for hope. And they'd, they'd been driving past our building. They saw the lights on and they came in. That, that scenario could be played out a thousand times in Bangor just at the moment. People desperate, needing hope. We need to be priests for them. We need to bring God's word to them and love them. And we need to bring them to the living God. Holy nation. The last thing I'll I'll focus on for a moment. As Peter talks to this church about who they are. Uh, Holy is another one of those Bible words that can be hard to to really get a handle on. It's, It's... it, it's got quite elaborate meanings, but it's, its basic and its fundamental meaning is difference or distinctiveness. So Christians are supposed to be different than the people around them. Sometimes the ways in which Christians express their distinctiveness, um, it, it works to a point because we're definitely different, but it, it it almost fails entirely because we end up being different in a way that puts people off. Okay? So we do the weird clothes thing, the super strict habits, the judgmental attitudes. You maybe know what I'm talking about if you've grown up in Ulster in part of the same era that I have. God wants us to be different in a way that's attractive not repulsive. This came home to me a a while ago when I heard uh, about a a city in America. You've maybe heard of Austin in Texas. uh, I came across this great slogan that they have. Keep Austin weird was their their slogan. The slogan was adopted by the Austin Independent Business Alliance. It was to promote small business in Austin. It's an interesting slogan for a city to have because usually, if you think about it, we don't generally promote ourselves by our weirdness. We normally talk about how how normal we are, how high-functioning we are, how competent we are, how we do entirely appropriate things. Whatever you think of me, don't think that I'm weird. Don't think I'm abnormal. Thank you very much. I love how one commentator reflected on Austin's slogan and the culture that that city's aspiring to have. She said, The Austin culture is an amalgamation of all things weird, but in the best way possible. Put it this way. If Austin was a person, they'd be the most delightful version of weird. The type of person who makes you want to hang out with them just to try and figure out why they're so awesome and hope that some of it rubs off on you. Isn't that brilliant? That's what God wants the church to be. A community that's so delightfully different that it makes people want to hang out with us, to try to figure us out, so that some of what we have might rub off on them. Folks, what would would happen if 
we could be the people we've thought about here for these few moments today. This people who understood themselves as loved and chosen. This people who were priests and a holy nation. Peter tells us, verse 12 of this chapter, he says, If we live those kind of good lives among the pagans, though they accuse us of doing wrong, they'll see our good deeds and they'll glorify God on the day he visits us. Wow. The people of Ballycrocken, glorifying God. The people of Bangor, even the ones who, who don't seem interested in God, even the ones who are pretty sure they want nothing to do with God, even the ones who'd rather be on our backs and accusing us of all sorts of things, they can't, in the end, avoid seeing how beautiful Jesus is. That's what God calls us to as a church, indwelt by his Spirit, living in his power in this part of the world. Isn't that just stunning? That is what we're called to be. That's what the church is. That's what Mark and you guys are going to be working on together here in the days ahead. Shall I pray for you as you set off on your journey? Let me pray. Uh, Lord, thank you for this glorious truth in your word. Uh, Lord, you don't just save us from our sins that we might sit and wait for you to return or to bring us to you in heaven. Lord, once you, you call us, once you bring us into your family, once you gather us around Jesus, you make us into a community, a missional magnet, a place that, that, that is supposed to exist in neighborhoods to, to be an irresistible presence of Jesus before the, the people around us. Lord, we find that so exciting and so thrilling, but so terrifying and so daunting. So we ask for your help. Lord, I pray for Mark. Pray for the people here in Ballycrocken. I pray for all of us representing other congregations here today. Pour your spirit on us. Make us a priestly presence. Make us delightfully different. And use us for your glory, we pray. Amen. Thank you very much indeed, Christoph. Um, we're taking all these thoughts away with us uh, today. Uh, first of all, to say a big, big thank you to the Vacancy Commission for their ministry in many ways today. To thank Mark and Elaine for turning up. Um, that was terrific and continues to be. I don't have a vested interest in that comment whatsoever. 
But just to say, wonderful, lovely to see you and that we've reached this point. And to say welcome to the congregation and all the friends and guests who have gathered here. Not only in person, but there are folks joining us today um, uh, through, through the online facility. So we're very, very pleased about that. Now, just a few announcements, really. First of all, to say that speeches uh, are going to follow immediately after the service. So you don't make a move. Stay put. Stay where you are. Um, and then following the speeches, there will be uh, hospitality. And we will receive guidance about that from uh, Billy, Billy Heintman, the session clerk, um, before we make a move. Uh, so thank you to Billy and his teams of people who have done so much in preparation for today, including um, the setting out of the whole church and so on, and for hospitality. I don't want to get caught up into making a speech at this stage. I have ample opportunity to, to speak at a later stage. Now, um, concerning the stu Students' Bursary Fund, uh, the offering is a retiring offering today. If members of the congregation and others did receive uh, an envelope on the way in, you may wish to place your free will offering number on the envelope uh, for gift aid purposes. And of course, you don't have to leave the envelope today. You can leave it over the next uh, two or three Sundays. There's no rush. But um, we're looking forward to a very good response. And our moderator is going to dedicate the offering in faith. Shall we pray? Lord, we thank you for all those who uh, hear and obey the call to be involved in full-time ministry as service to you. And Lord, as they continue to train for this service, may the gifts given will be given today and in the future help in the practical aspects of uh, this ministry. We thank you for the, the facilities like Union College, where students can increase their knowledge and come together to, to encourage one another and debate and discuss uh, the beliefs that our church holds. Uh, may we all see the, the value in this, and may we all be able to support it when we can. And Lord, we look forward to uh, the gifts that will be given, and we ask that you will bless them, and that they will be used uh, wherever the, the need arises. As we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, we're going to stand to sing again, and we're going to sing uh, the praise, Thine be the glory.
We now uh, come to uh, the formal part of our proceedings, uh, and uh, we will pray first. Lord, we know that we can do nothing in our own strength, and we come to you as our creator, creator, our sustainer and saviour. And under the guidance of your Holy Spirit, uh, we constitute this gathering as a court of your church, and ask that your will be done. Amen. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, the sole King and Head of the Church, who having ascended to the right hand of the Father, has given gifts for, the building up, up the, for building up the Church, which is His body. And we are meeting as a commission of the Presbytery of Ards to install the Reverend Mark Shaw to the pastoral charge of Ballycrocken. As required by the law of the Church, uh, the clerk will now read the statement uh, of the standards of the church, including the rule of faith. As set forth in the scriptures of the Old and New Testaments is the only infallible rule of faith and practice and the supreme standard of the church. It is the privilege, right, and duty of every person to examine the scriptures, and each individual is bound to submit to their authority. Having formed a definite conviction as to what the will of God is upon any subject, it is each person's duty to accept and obey it. In exercising this God-given right of private judgment, individual Christians are not to set their reason above the word of God or to refuse light from any quarter. Guided by the Holy Spirit, they are to use their reason to ascertain the divine will as revealed in Scripture and are to refuse to subject conscience to any authority except that of the Word of God. In the words of the Westminster Confession, God alone is Lord of the conscience, and has left it free from the doctrines and commandments of men, which are in anything contrary to his word, or beside it, in matters of faith or worship. The Presbyterian Church in Ireland, as a witness for Christ, has adopted subordinate standards, In these are found what the Church understands the Word of God to teach on certain important points of doctrine and worship. These subordinate standards are a testimony for truth and against error, and serve as a bond of union for members of the Church. The Confession of Faith, as approved by the Church of Scotland in her Act of 1647, and the larger and shorter catechisms prepared by the Westminster Assembly of Divines, are the subordinate standards of the Presbyterian Church in Ireland. Accepting these subordinate standards, the Church holds that civil rulers must be obedient to Christ in their own area of authority, yet they ought not to attempt in any way to constrain any person's religious beliefs or intrude upon their rights of conscience. The Church alone has the right to interpret and explain her standards, under the guidance of the Spirit of God. Mark, if you want to join me at the front here. Mark, having heard the statement uh, of the standards of this church, including the rule of faith, I now require you to answer the following questions. Uh, The first two are a public profession of your personal faith and sense of call. 
Do you believe in one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? And do you confess the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour? So far as you know your own heart are the call of God, zeal for his glory, love for the Lord Jesus Christ, and the desire for the salvation of men and women through the power of the Holy Spirit, your central motives as you offer yourself in this new sphere of service. And now four questions concerning your understanding of the Church of Jesus Christ and this Presbyterian Church in Ireland in particular. Do you believe the Word of God as set forth in the Scriptures of the Old and New Testament to be the only infallible rule of faith and practice? Do you promise, in conformity with our subordinate standards, to uphold the Reformed doctrine, worship, government, and discipline of this Church, and, by the grace of God, to do so in a spirit of love towards all your brothers and sisters in Christ, so as to preserve the peace and unity of the Presbyterian Church in Ireland as part of the worldwide Church of Jesus Christ. The Presbyterian Church in Ireland adheres to the fundamental doctrines of the faith set out in the supreme and subordinate standards of this Church. Do you promise to teach them and defend them to the utmost, the utmost of your power against all error? Do you accept the Presbyterian form of church government to be founded on and agreeable to the Word of God? And do you promise to yield submission in the Lord to the courts of this church and to take your due part in the administration of its affairs so long as you remain a minister of this church? Now two questions on the conduct of your ministry. Do you commit yourself in the strength of the Lord Jesus Christ to live a godly life and faithfully and diligently and graciously to dis- discharge the duties of your ministry, seeking in all things the advancement of the kingdom of God. And having accepted the call of, these, of this congregation, do you promise through the grace of God to be a faithful minister of the gospel among this people, preaching the gospel of the grace of God, administering the sacraments, nurturing children and young people, visiting and teaching, pastoring all the people, especially those in need, aiding in the government of the church, and discharging all other duties incumbent upon you as a minister of Jesus Christ. You have confessed your belief that the word of God that the word of God is set forth in the scriptures of the Old and New Testaments is the only infallible rule of faith and practice. It is under that supreme standard which alone is final that this church holds its subordinate standards. This being understood, are you now prepared to subscribe in the terms of the General Assembly's formula, I believe the Westminster Confession of Faith as described in the Code, Chapter 1, Paragraphs 12 to 14, to be founded on and agreeable to the Word of God, and as such, I subscribe it as the confession of my faith. I just ask the congregation to stand, please. And we'll pray together. God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, 
You call us in your mercy. You sustain us by your power. And through every generation, your wisdom guides your people. You sent your only Son, Jesus Christ, to be the Apostle and High Priest of our faith and the Shepherd of our souls. By his life, death, and resurrection, he has declared your love for the whole world, satisfied your justice, and demonstrated his victory over sin and death. Having ascended into heaven, he has poured out his Spirit, making some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, to equip all, to equip all for the work of ministry and to build up his body, the church. Pour out your Holy Spirit upon us, the presbytery of ours, and this your servant, Mark, whom we do now in your name and in obedience to your will by prayer install to the pastoral charge of here of Bally Crockham. May he be faithful in preaching your word, administering the sacraments, and sharing in the government of the church as he fulfills the ministry which you have called him to undertake. We pray through Christ who lived and died for us, who rose again, and who reigns with you in unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, the sole King and Head of the Church, and by authority of this presbytery, I now declare you, Mark Shaw, to have been installed to this pastoral charge of Ballycrogger. And uh, as a sign of this, and as moderator, on behalf of the, the presbytery, I would normally extend the right hand of fellowship, uh, but we'll do the, the amended way now. <laughs> and we simply extend to you the best wishes uh, of the Arts Presbytery. Members of the congregation, before you uh, get off lately, I'm going to ask you two questions as well. And these questions invite you to express your fellowship with uh, your new minister and your commitment to work with him as you serve Christ together. So I'll ask you this. Do you, the members of this congregation, in receiving Mark, whom you have called to be your minister, offer him your welcome and, and promise him your loving encouragement and prayerful support? Will you join regularly with Mark as he leads worship and preaches the word? Will you share together with him in mutually enriching fellowship? And will you, together with him, take up your local responsibility for Christian mission in the local community and throughout the world? Having committed yourselves, presbytery, minister, and people to each other, and to living for the glory of God in this place, we join with one voice in prayer in the words that Jesus taught his disciples, saying the words of the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. You know, take your seats. Well, actually, you have to stand for the next praise. You might as well keep standing. We'll all stand to sing in Christ alone.
Gracious Father God, as you give us wisdom when we hear the scriptures, we pray that your Holy Spirit will continue to guide us in our thinking. And we pray, Lord God, that we will take from this place, through your living word, and through our consideration of it, all that is for our growing as Christian people in the world of today. We pray that you'll bless this charge. We pray that you will use it mightily. And we ask, O God, that this very special time will continue to be one of rich celebration for us here in Ballycrocken and within the Presbytery of Arts. In Jesus' name, Amen. Uh, Today, as the Presbytery of Arts, we have installed to this charge of Ballycrocken Presbyterian unexperienced man and minister. To my mind, it is a good thing because you have still fairly recent ministry ideas and projects to bed in. You have uh, an appointment to carry through of additional pastoral personnel. This, of course, will be one of the top priorities, as Mark knows, Uh, for the incoming months, the interviews and the whole process, and to find yourself on the other side of the table, Mark, will be a great relief. You have, uh, as a congregation, recently transitioned some offices to new office bearers, while retaining necessary experience in order to help your new minister to bridge from former ministry uh, and, of course, to help the congregation bridge from its former ministry. So the vacancy of 14 months, I kept having having to add months. I woke up in the middle of the night and thought, better add another month. And then I came in and I chatted to Billy and we added another month. Uh, So if I stay here long enough, I'll be here a couple of years. but not, not a short vacancy, really, but it has been a very rich experience. It has been good for us in the life of Ballycrocken uh, because we know that uh, Leslie Ann's ministry came to an abrupt halt due to illness. And it gives us uh, delight to continue to uh, think about her and encourage her and to know that she is moving forward, but also to reach this stage as a congregation here in Ballycrocken and to know that uh, Mark and Elaine and Leah and David are very much going to be part of the scene here. Of course, this all came in the back of a very good consultation report. Um, the presbytery came and uh, at the end of the last ministry conducted a consultation and it was very clear to us that uh, things were positive and that things were, if you like, um, going to be very much of partnership and team ministry. And I reckon that with the wisdom and stability of a seasoned new minister comes an awareness in Mark that he of his own strength, that he of his own resource and determination knows above all else that he can't do this ministry. He can't do it. But by God's grace, 
and God's provision. That's the good thing about it. We cannot do the spiritual works that we are called to do unless God is in it. And that's the calling. And that's where God has signaled to you and signaled to the congregation that this is in God's hand. Mark does not come here flagging his personal skills and abilities, though be sure he has many of them. He knows that not everything that worked in his past dual charge will necessarily work here all the time. He will be thinking carefully about context and people and God's word applied here. But what I reckon he does know is that the work is the Lord's and that he will, with prayerfulness, seek to discern God's pace, God's priorities of ministry and God's sense of direction in partnership with you as a very prayerful Kirk Session and church family. I can stand over that, Mark. I have recognised as your convener the prayerfulness and the carefulness that you as a congregation have invested during the past 14 months into asking God to give you the person of his sovereign choosing for this next chapter of ministry here. And there's a wonderful sense that God in Jesus by his Holy Spirit has guided both Mark and you as a fellowship to align together according to his will, his timing, his calling, and into the unfolding of the next time frame of opportunity and responsibility. Mark, this is a loving, sincere, prayerful, and hard-working congregation. You, Elaine, and your growing family, Leah, David, will receive love expressed in many ways, both spiritual and practical. Of that, I have absolutely no doubt. You're going to feel encouraged And in turn, you will be encouragers. So partner together in this prayerful spirit within this place, in shouldering the weight of ministry as a body together, in mutually shared godly and good counsel, in encouragement, and know God's hand in Jesus by his Holy Spirit is upon you all. For it is true that unless the Lord builds the house, they do labour in vain that build it. Our help is in the name of the Lord. The charge imperative, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all other things shall be added unto you. Seek him, and he'll do the rest. We may not know the future, but we know the one who holds it. 
in every fine detail. So, we're all going to talk about expectations for a wee moment. Um, Let expectations be realistic. Expectations of yourself, expectations of yourselves as a family, expectations of the congregational family. Let expectations be realistic under God. Burdens and blessings to be shared. You're right. You of yourselves can't convert the sinner. You of yourself, as a congregation and minister, cannot draw the searching soul. Can't really help the lonely and the distressed to the depth that they need, or give counsel in the moment, except by Christ. Except by God's timings, God doing what he does best when we open up to him and when we seek his guiding hand. With the Lord knowing what's needed, when it's needed, how it's needed. And we seek to cooperate so that he can cultivate the rest. So Mark Elaine, Leah, David, Kirk Session, committee, and rafts of teams, and membership, be richly blessed. And may the Pauline prayer of Ephesians 1, verse 15 through 2, Verse 22, may it be yours as minister, as man's family, as office bearers, and as people together. Claim it, and claim it again when you go home, and claim it tomorrow, and keep claiming. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus, and your love for all the saints, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is like the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every title that can be given, not only in the present age, but also in the age to come. God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, 
the fullness of him who fulfills everything in every way. This is our God and our Lord, and if a charge is to mean anything, it finds its setting in full recognition of who the head of the church is and of how he empowers us to be this people of God in this day and time and age. Oh yes, and Mark and congregation, please remember that we in the Ards are your presbytery. We're also here to partner with you as you partner with each other and to pray with you. We're not far away. You need us. We are around. We're genuine about your call. We are genuine about the care that we should express in the ministry of a presbytery towards you and towards this people here in Ballycrocken. So we are delighted for you. Be blessable in God. He does the blessing. Amen. And may God bless and enrich you today. We're going to sing together the closing praise, Great is Thy Faithfulness. What a wonderful praise of worship to sing at this stage when we continue to give our full gaze to God and the riches of his goodness and faithfulness. Let us stand to praise him.
it's uh, there's uh, some refreshments afterwards, uh, so we'll have time to uh, just enjoy each other's company. Uh, so we'll give thanks for the uh, refreshments, and uh, we'll say the words of the benediction. Father, we do thank you for for what's happened uh, this day. Uh, Father, we thank you. Uh, for this new chapter uh, in the life of Bally Crockett and for Mark and his family. Uh, and Lord, as we share fellowship now together over the next uh, little while, Father, we pray that you would just bless our time together uh, and bless the, the, the food that has been prepared for us. Uh, we thank you for it, Lord, and we pray we might never take it for granted. And we just ask that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all today and forevermore. Amen. Uh, Moderator, you don't get off light on occasions like this, and you are aware that... um, as far as the speeches are concerned, as the moderator of the presbytery, that you're first up uh, to uh, express welcome to Mark and the family. Um, so I'll just hand over to you at this stage. I haven't actually marked myself out for a speech, but I know that I'll be able to. <laughs> I know that I'll be able to sneak some stuff in every now and again. So, moderator, thank you. Good call. Glad you're not going to steal all, all, all my words. And Christoph, my watch is well and truly on, so I'll not be very, very long. Uh, it's just a, a matter of welcoming uh, you to the presbytery, Mark, and, and, and Lane and your family as well. Uh, and we trust that uh, you will settle in quickly. I know it'll take a while to settle in. It'll take a while to get to know everybody. Uh, but uh, take time to do that. Uh, and we pray that as you do that, uh, you'll, you'll know God's blessing. Uh, part of the job here is the, the formal bit of this, uh, to welcome you here. Uh, but... Uh, the clerk knows, and I know, all the good, best coffee shops in the whole area, and uh, we look forward to meeting you there in some of them, and uh, no doubt we'll take time to get to know you. Uh, so you're very welcome uh, to the Presbytery, and uh, we pray God's blessing on all that you do. Thank you very much indeed, moderator. Um, just want to say, uh, as convener, that I've had the most wonderful support during the 14 months incredible support and uh, uh, the session clerk here Mr. Billy Heintman and I we had a wee chat at the start and I said look Billy it might be helpful since you know the people so well that everything could perhaps be filtered through you uh, because I would maybe start getting phone calls from people I don't really know and I'm not really sure what the situation may be and that for me wasn't a throwaway comment and it wasn't accepted as a throwaway either Billy Heintman has been the most wonderful session clerk throughout this vacancy and the Kirk session and the congregational committee uh, for the most part of the vacancy under Bill Aiken but more latterly uh, Karen Cardy chairing up the congregational committee and the congregation have been so supportive through all the various aspects of ministerial experience and uh, church family ministry throughout the vacancy. So it has been a very positive time. But I'd like to give your uh, new session clerk an opportunity to speak uh, at this stage. Billy, thank you again for all your help and support. And that comes then uh, followed through 
by the session clerks of uh, Straban and Cyan Mills. Billy, you first. Thank you, Colin. I'm not sure that uh, we deserve all that you've said, but thank you for saying it. Uh, moderator, vacancy commission members, guests, congregation of Ballycrocken, and those of you who are here today, and to especially Mark, Leah, Elaine, David, you are very, very welcome this afternoon. And I want to say to Mark and the family, you are welcome to the Ballycrocken family. Colin talked a minute or two ago about the warmth that is in Ballycrocken. I can assure you that there is a warmth here waiting for you, and we will be delighted to receive you into our midst. Thank you so much for coming. Now, I know that Mark has come from two congregations, two churches. Straban, first service in Straban, 1659. I'm sure you weren't at it. <laughs> and uh, that building uh, was sadly destroyed by fire in the 1930s, and therefore a new church was built, and it's of a more modern variety now than you would expect from a church of 1659. Cyan Mills opened in 1866 with the first service. It has gone through a major refurbishment in the last five, six years. And again, if you go into it, it would not be the sort of church you would expect that was built in 1866. So Mark, you've come from that and you've come to Ballycrocken. 1974 was the first service up here. So by comparison, we are a very young church. We were built through church extension. The first service was in the Tiny Tots Plague School, which was a little wooden hut down by the roundabout. We then graduated to a temporary classroom slightly further down the Donoghadee Road. And we came onto the present site here in 1978. And that was into our middle building, which is now our church halls. And after a short time there, the decision was taken that there are so many people coming to Ballycrocken, we need to build a new church. And this is the new church. The present building was opened in 1990. So you've come from something from the past into something more from the present. The contrast is in buildings, but the contrast is also in family connections. I know in Straban and Sion there are generational connections and there are history. I know, for example, that William, who is the clerk in Straban, uh, at uh, an installation of a minister when Straban and Sion were linked uh, as one charge, that the photograph of the installation shows his dad as a member of the session, the Kirk Session of Ernie, and my father and my grandfather as members of the Kirk Session of Sion. So I know that there's these generational connections through those churches. But you've come here, and we don't have that. We don't have the generational connections. We can't go back two or three. But what we have here is a loving congregation. We've all got to know each other, and we are helpful and supportive of each other. You are our fourth minister. We've only had three others before you. The Reverend Alec Beatty, who was our founding minister, the Reverend Douglas Bradley, and the Reverend Leslie Ann Wilson. So Mark, you're our fourth minister, 
So you are fresh in our history. <laughs> so what are you going to find in Ballycrocken? Well, Collins has stolen some of my words, actually. Because you're going to find a faithful, God-loving people. That's the core of this church. We're like any other church. We have the core, and then we have those who are, shall we say, temporary members. But the core of this church is faithful, God-loving people. You're going to find friendship, support, and you'll find that we care much for each other. You'll find Bible study and prayer groups in addition to all the Sunday worship and the range of organizations that we have. You'll find a good foundation here to take your ministry forward. And that's what one of the things that we're looking forward to. We've all suffered under COVID, we know that. And we're pleased the congregation here has held together so well through all the closures that the government has brought in, but also lots of members have worked really, really hard. Our worship has held up, our organizations have held up, our estate has been well looked after, our committee has worked well, our session has worked well, our congregation has worked well, and I'm pleased to say that so, so many people have gone far and beyond the basic steps, and that is a tribute to the congregation. Now, you'll find the congregation open to change. We've had to change. We've had to learn new IT skills. We've had to discover what Zoom was. And that's forced upon us, not because we chose it, but because it was how we had to meet things. We had to discover Microsoft Teams and the live streaming and video recording of our services. Now, you'll get today's service recorded. You'll be able to watch yourself and watch the whole service. But we've all had to learn about live streaming and how we were going to continue to worship. And we did that. And we've done many other things as well. So we are a congregation that is open to change. I want to take a moment to thank Colin as our vacancy convener. We're now moving out of vacancy, and he'll not be pleased, I have no doubt, Colin. <laughs> but Colin has been absolutely excellent. His experience has guided us all the way through. He's cared for us throughout the vacancy. He's come on a regular basis, monthly at least, to take our services, and he completes that duty today. So... We thank you, Colin, for all that you've done for us and really appreciate the guidance and support that you've given us and have no doubt that your experience has helped us greatly along the way. Thank you for that. Now, it would be remiss of me if I did not say a thank you to all our friends from Straban and Sion who have come here today. It's a long journey. I know it. It's a good two and a quarter hours each way. And that's if you're driving at the speed limits. <laughs> so I want to say thank you to everyone who's come up from Straman and Sion today for coming here, for giving us your support, and for the welcome that you gave Colin and I when we went down with the call. You could easily have closed the door on us, I suppose, but you didn't. So thank you for that, and we wish you every blessing as you begin what we've just ended, the search for a new minister. So thank you for everything that you've done. Today, I'm thrilled, I'm delighted to welcome Mark and his family into Ballycrogan. We look forward, Mark, to your ministry, to your leading us into the future, to the sharing and interpreting of God's word for and with us, and to the pastoral support which I know you will provide.
Thank you for answering God's call to come to Ballycrocken. We welcome you, Elaine, David and Leah, most warmly into the Ballycrocken family and look forward to sharing many happy and fruitful years together. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Colin. Um, I don't know which order in which you want to speak, uh, Noel and William. Uh, Noel Gailey, representing uh, Session Clerkship at Zion, and William Watson, Straban, if you'd both like to come to the lectern. You drove down together, so you may as well come out together. to speak first. Moderator, members of the Presbytery, members of Ballycrocken, but I first of all say thank you to the congregation for the invitation to be with you on this your special day as you have Mark installed as your minister. And thanks for the hospitality we received when we got here at lunchtime. It was very much appreciated, folks, I can say. It's a reasonably long journey from Strabandi, Bangor. Not that bad. So that's. But Mark Shaw now is your new minister. What about Mark Shaw? Who is he? And I just noted a few things down and I ask you to think about these now as you move forward. Mark's a prayerful man, a caring man, an approachable man. A pastoral man who will go the extra mile with sick and bereaved families. And I do mean that. The extra mile means nothing to him. You will soon realise that Mark is a committed servant of his Lord and Saviour. And here's something about him too. He's a humble man. Never seeks to be the centre of attention. Never seeks any praise. But I would ask you this now as a congregation. Encourage Mark. His gifts and talents are far, far more than Mark realises. As a congregation, we have had the pleasure of Mark minister to us and with us for 15 years. While we will miss him, we wish him and the congregation of Ballycrocken all God's blessing in this new chapter of his service of his Lord amongst you. We could ask one thing off the congregation, that you would remember the congregations of Straban and Sion Mills in your prayer time as we begin now what you have completed this afternoon. And you know, out west must be fairly good. Because when we sit here and stand here today in this congregation, where did the minister come from to lay the foundation for it? A neighbouring congregation in the old Straban and Derry Presbytery, Reverend Beatty, built the building for you. You had to come back out west to get a minister to minister to you. <laughs> Members of Presbytery, I look at you now. Your clerk from the Spurns as well, and they come up to the Irish to help you out here as well. Good to see you, John. And listen, when John was a student for the ministry, 
will not say how many years ago, but he conducted services as a student in Sayer Mills and Ernie. In the early mid-80s, John. <laughs> we may not go that far. But that's to say, folks, to presbytery, if you have students or ministers looking to broaden horizons out west in the presbytery of Derry and Donegal, we would appreciate support. Because we can't keep improving good ministers to help you folks in Ards if you don't send your students out to us in the wild west. <laughs> folks, I pray that God blesses Mark, Elaine, Leah, David, and you as a congregation in the time ahead. God bless you all. Thank you. Moderator Clark, members of Vacancy, uh, it's just a, I'd like to pass on my greetings from our congregation here in Sion Mills. I know there's n- n- not many travel due to the, you know, the circumstances, but William there seemed to get into a bit of history regarding Mark. You know, Mark was in Stabane for 15 years. I've come through a vacancy in Sion Mills only completed in four, since four years ago. That's when Mark took up ministry in Zion Mills. And we met Billy down at the Presbury, and I think Billy was a wee bit nervous because he thought he'd poached the minister from Zion Mills because he's a native of Zion Mills. Billy, can I assure you, you didn't poach Mark because, you know, I stand here today for the congregation of Billy Crogan a heart of joy that your ministry has been filled. But I stand here with a heart of sadness for my own congregation having mouths because now we're vacant. But that's not because of Billy being a native of Siam Mills, because I think when we as acting clerk, Mark rang me so many weeks ago to say, Noel, I have something to tell you. I want you to know and William to know before the congregation got out that you had received a call from Bally Crocken. I think that was when it hit me that Mark was leaving. But Mark said God had a plan for him. And that's comforting that Mark is here today. He has left Sturban, he's left St. Mills because God has a plan for him here in Bally Crocken. And in the future years to come, or months to come, you know, as William says, there's people sitting here from the West. You know, God will work within Stirban and Samuels and provide a minister. I have no doubt in that. He's done it before. But Mark, Elaine, Leah, whatever, David, I wish you all the best in your ministry, pastoral care here within Ballycrocken. Yes, we will miss you in Samuels, but God had that plan. Thank you one and all for inviting us here today and all have God's blessings. Thank you. It's a close connection. I think you better start a Sunday afternoon service at 1659 and uh, keep the link going. Um, very special friend of yours today. Mark is uh, the very Reverend Dr. Norman Hamilton. Norman's here today. Uh, you were a member of his congregation in North Belfast, up at Bally Sill. Norman, would you like to come across and say a few words as a good friend? Thank you.
Well, moderator and members of Perth, indeed, um, all of you, it, can I say it's a real delight for my wife Evelyn and myself to be here uh, in Ballycrocken because we've had the privilege of knowing Mark and Elaine um, from the time that Mark was our assistant in Ballycillen. And just when we're making connections, can I just remind you that Leslie Ann was in Ballycillen as well. So, you know, uh, let's balance the praise between Strabane, Ernie, <laughs> and North Belfast. And since Mark was with us, it has been a huge privilege for Evelyn and I to, to walk a number of roads with Mark and Elaine over the years, including their journey here to Bangor um, <laughs> over, these, over these past uh, 14 months. Not only are Evelyn and I delighted uh, that Mark and the family have come here to Ballycrocken, but can I say quite genuinely that we are delighted for you as a congregation, because Mark is ready for the new challenges and for these coming years under God. I know from my own experience, and the folks from Zion and Ernie do as well, that he brings many, many gifts to you. In particular, he brings a huge pastoral heart, and you've already heard of that from, from William. He has a pastoral heart as big as Bangor, and he has an evangelistic heart that is just as big. And that's an unusual combination of strong gifts. So under God, I really do believe that as a congregation, you can very properly look forward to a highly productive and energizing ministry. But, and there is a big but, and I am delighted that the big but has surfaced several times during the installation service. The word partnership. Mark does partnership. He does not do solo runs. And I hope you will take that from what Christoph so wonderfully said and what Colin said as well. And indeed what Billy has said. A congregation built on partnership with Mark as its minister under God will thrive. And I really do mean that. And if all the blessing and potential under God is to be fully realized, let me plead with you, whether you're watching on stream, or whether you're in the congregation here, or whether you're one of the temporary members, and that's an interesting new word that I've learned tonight, or to this afternoon, please work with each other, with Mark, with the new, with the new staff, with the session, for the honor of God in this area. You don't need me to tell you that pastoral work, which is at the heart of Mark's ministry, is getting ever more difficult. The younger people, the teenagers struggling with mental health, right through to the older folks who can't be visited by, uh, by their families in nursing homes, and everything, every age in between. You'll not need me to tell you that evangelism is getting ever more difficult as more and more people worship themselves rather than the living God. So this is 
the time, the place, the opportunity for partnership in the gospel. It was like that in, in Christ's time and in Paul's time, and it still is in Ballycrocken. So Mark, Elaine, can I wish you well? I'll continue to help you figure out what to do with your garden because you still need that. Um, Mark doesn't know a weed from a daffodil, by the way. Uh, but alongside that, uh, you have the prayers of many folks, and it's lovely to see folks from Ballyselen here as well. You have our prayers, and under God, great expectations for you and for this congregation. Thank you. Thank you very much, Norman. So that's uh, a lorry of blue circle then up to the manse, and uh, <laughs> we'll do our best. Mark, your turn now. Welcome, and if you would speak to us as the new minister of Ballycrock. Thank you so much, everyone, for coming today. Um, I'm sure many of you understand, if you ever moved house before, just how daunting it can be. You know, one night you're, you're, you're in Straban, um, waking up for 15 years every morning in Straban, familiar with everything in Straban, and suddenly then the next morning you're waking up in Bangor. And uh, it, it's, it is daunting. Uh, there are new roads a new environment, uh, new church, new faces, new challenges. Uh, it can be a bit daunting. Um, but our apprehension um, was very much softened this past week from the friendliness that we have felt from Valley Crock and Folk. Um, I think I'm going to have to recruit to uh, get, a, get, get a membership of Simming World because the last week... <laughs> Let me just list, and forgive me if I've left something out here, but we have really enjoyed the food that's arrived at our doors being absolutely amazing. We have had, and I and I'm honestly say this, I've honestly had the nicest Victoria sponge <laughs> I've ever had in my whole life. And a pavlova arrived that looked like a tunnel, and a strawberry pavlova with a twist of almond on the top, with German biscuits, there was uh, apple and raspberry crumble. There were these little uh, German biscuits. They were amazing. They were so, so dainty but beautiful. And shortbread just melted in your mouth. So thank you so much because those things have helped to just help us feel welcome and settled in. And just to say, you don't need to stop if you want to really insist on keeping going. <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just get on the, the, the bicycle a bit more. But uh, I'd like to thank again, I thank Straban. It's been difficult um, leaving Straban and Sian for being with Straban 15 years and Sian with four years. And, and uh, although there's an excitement always in a call, uh, going somewhere else and what God has for you, yet there, it's tinged with that, that sadness as well, leaving folk. Um, so I, I do just want to thank Straban officially again and Sian. Um, for, the, for the friendships that I've made there and, and how we've seen God work and it's been encouraging for me and they have definitely been a part of 
God preparing me for my next step in ministry in Ballycrock. And also, I look around and I see faces of friends who have been so faithful to me over the years, to Elaine and I and to the children, and who have been praying for us and and supporting us and, and encouraging us. Um, and I'm not going to mention names because I don't want to leave anybody out, but there, there are many here today that I, I probably wouldn't be here if it wasn't for them, um, their encouragement and guidance. So um, thank you for that. And, and I want to just include as well, and I know some of you have been praying for him. He's a really good friend, Mr. Ban. And uh, he just recently got diagnosed with leukemia, very acute leukemia, and he's, at the moment, his heart was for coming down here today, but he's just recently been diagnosed, and he's in the city, um, Harold, you call him, and he's in the city hospital at the moment, but I know that his thoughts will be with me today, and his prayers will be with me today. So I just want to thank you, um, friends, including Harold, I didn't want to leave him out also want to thank my, light, my wife um, for putting up with me for all these years. Uh, she deserves the medal. And uh, it, it's not easy being a minister's wife um, because sometimes you can be getting ready to go out somewhere, something planned, yes, I'll be there, we'll take the kids out there, and, and then someone takes ill and you're away and you've left them standing at the door. And that does, that's happened um, you know, and it does happen, and it's difficult for a, a wife to deal with that, that her husband's on back and call 24-7. It needs patience, and it needs understanding. So I want to thank Elaine um, for not killing me before now, but, <laughs> but uh, for her patience and her understanding. And also uh, my two kids that I'm very proud of as well, Leah and David, and they just have been brought wherever we have gone, and that's not an easy thing at times um, when you leave your friends and you go uh, quite a distance. So um, let me just have we look here. <laughs> I don't want to leave anybody out. I'd like to thank my sister Linda as well and her husband Nigel, um, who are at the front here. And Linda's had a migraine this morning, wasn't sure if she was going to make it. But uh, she's, she's come, and it's good that she's here. And I want to just thank her as well, because with being in Straban, um, with my mum was very ill for quite a few years, and uh, I'd have tried to get down, maybe, well, we'd try once a week. Sometimes it was two, sometimes it was a lot more than that. Um, but Linda sort of took that, and, and her kindness and her compassion just helped make my mum's final uh, time uh, here with us um, a lot better, and I thank you for that. Um, and I want to also thank my father-in-law, Billy Cooper. That's the guy who's been saying amen. <laughs> uh, Billy's from Portadown, and uh, there's been times I've gone discouraged to his house, and um, I've gone in discouraged and with shoulders over and uh, he sat down, and he's gone through Bible promises of God with me and built me up. And by the time I was leaving the house, then I was, I was fired up and ready to go again. So thank you, Billy, for that. He really, he said to me when my father died in 1992, he says, um, but I'll be your father. I'll support you, and he has done. 
Very much so. So thank you, Billy, for that. Thanks, John, for bringing him down today. Um, but most of all, I just want to thank God. I'm amazed at God's grace. And, uh, and, and I appreciate all the guys and all the, what they've said today. And it's true. I'm here by the grace of God. And uh, every day, God's blessings and his mercies are new every morning. And great is his faithfulness. And I'm here by the grace of God. I'm a sinner saved by grace. And, uh, you know, I'm privileged that God has put his hand upon me and and led me into his service. Uh, And it's the greatest thing uh, to be able to serve him. And I take one day at a time and I look for his grace upon my life and upon this congregation as my new congregation in the days and weeks to come. You know, we live very much in a world today where every man does what is right in his own eyes. And um, we have Jesus Christ as our guiding light and our focus. And that's what I want to do. I want to make sure that Jesus Christ is center in my ministry. And the members of the congregation here, you keep me to that. If I ever get diverted, if I ever get moving away from what is what is, what, what is the main thing? Uh, Christ himself. And, um, you know, whenever I, I came here and I, I preached there and I was very nervous last time, I'm still nervous today, but uh, whenever I preached here, I don't think that the cross was up then. I think Billy said that the cross has been put up since then. And uh, that will be my ministry, will be the preaching of the cross. Uh, and I know that we're told that the, uh, to the Jews it was a stumbling block, and to the Greeks it was foolishness, but to those who are called it is Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. And every day I'm amazed, as I say, of God's grace, and that God would love us so much that he would send his own son, the most precious commodity, you could say, in, in, in heaven, and send him down uh, to die for, for me and to die for you. And that never ceases to amaze me, never ceases to give me goosebumps, and I praise him for that. And as I say, I just want to serve him here, and I want to see Christ in the center. I want to keep Christ in the center, because when Christ is in the center, then the Spirit of God has a free reign to start to really move in our hearts and lives, whether that's in physical healing, spiritual healing, whatever way he wants to do. So, but I, I really thank you for your, your just your, your hospitality and, and your kindness. And um, the one thing that I brought home with me from when I preached last time, I, I kept saying the one thing that I really brought was the, the, the kindness of people and the genuine compassion of people that I, that, I, that I met that day. So thank you very much. Thank you, and thanks for coming. Uh, <clears throat> I'm Tom Henry. I say that for the benefit of our visitors, but I also say it for the benefit of our congregation who won't recognize me in a suit, <laughs> collar, and tie. 
And I'm going to speak fairly quickly because it has to be back in the pawnbrokers at five o'clock. Um, but I'm also a former clerk of session here. And uh, as that, I welcome you, Mark, and I welcome your whole family. And I, and I pray that we will be a blessing to you as you no doubt will be a blessing to us. Uh, it has already been alluded to um, throughout this vacancy. We have been greatly blessed. And a vacancy can be a time of blessing. Um, uh, but I've been asked to give a, 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 if you'll indulge me just for a minute, to give a, a special gift to, to someone else um, who has led us through the potential pitfalls of a vacancy, uh, who has attended countless meetings, who has organized our services online and in, in the sanctuary here, um, has even twinkled the ivories on a, on a Sunday, mo- Sunday morning, uh, and that's, uh, that's our clerk of session, Billy, Billy Hindman. And on behalf of the congregation, I'd like to thank you. Sorry, the hearing aids got stuck on the, the mask. <laughs> and if you wear hearing aids, you'll know what that is. When Colin looked over and nodded just now, I thought he was nodding to me to get up. He was. <laughs> so, Tom, thank you for that, and thank you for the surprise. Uh, I did not expect to see you up here. This is the, the final act of the afternoon, and we would like to just give out some gifts, if we may, please. And I've already talked about Colin. We want to say something to you, Colin. But Colin really has been the big tower of strength here. He has helped us all the way. He's guided us all the way. He's been regularly in contact with me. And when I've contacted him, he's been back to me punctually. And we've talked about this, that, and the other, what had to be done. And he gave the guidance, and we carried it out. And when I say we carried it out, Colin, I mean we, the congregation, carried it out. It was not by any means I was carrying it out. And that's why I feel a bit embarrassed by what Tom has just said there. But, uh, Colin, on our behalf, we would like to give you a little gift today for you and Margaret to enjoy now that she's going to get a bit more time with you. So Ray down here is going to present it to you. And I'm going to be helped in this, by the way, by three of our regularly attendant nonagenarians. 90 plus. So, Colin, if I could invite you just to go down to Ray, please, because Ray is not the most mobile, and I'm sure she would agree to that. And she will present you with a little gift on our behalf, something that you and Margaret hopefully will enjoy. Thank you, Ray. Thank you, Colin. And we'd also like to present something to Mark and Elaine, uh, just to say welcome to Ballycrock. And Elaine, I'm sorry, we haven't got a medal for you. <laughs> Much as, as Mark says you deserve it, but Sheila's going to come in here and Sheila's going to present you with some flowers. So. 
Well done, Sheila. <laughs> and, and finally, Mark, we'd like to present you with a little gift which you and the family can share. Just as you've been through all the pressures of moving house, and the last time we moved house was 32 years ago, and I don't want to go through it again. So we know what it's like to be packing up and to be moving and to try to pick up all the pieces and so on. So this is something for you and the family to enjoy. And Morel is going to present it to you. Morel's three seats behind you there. So Morel, come on ahead and have this and enjoy it on our behalf. Get yourselves some quality time out of it. Enjoy. And dare I say it, but I now feel a bit like Boris Johnston. <laughs> because, dear loving, no matter what you think of him, decisions have to be made about COVID. And whatever he does will not be right in somebody's eyes, and we know that. And I'm looking around here because we can accommodate 96 people for refreshment this afternoon. And I haven't counted... But I know that our feeling last weekend was that members of congregation, we couldn't fit you in. But as I look around, I'm doing a Boris here, I think we could fit everybody in. But I would ask that the members of the congregation wait, please, and let our guests go across first. So this is across in the Bradley Hall. So Mark, if you and members of commission would like to go first, then others of us will follow. Thank you very much, everybody. Thank you, Commission, for coming today and for all that you've done for us. Welcome to Bally Crock and Mark, and thank you all for coming today. Thank you very much indeed. <laughs>